It's five minutes with me. Hello, good people. Welcome to Five Minutes with Marco. We are in week two of a four-week mini-series that I'm calling Nuggets. And uh, it's basically a collection of thoughts that are disconnected. And I'm just, uh, it's kind of today we have four nuggets and they're kind of like four uh, mini episodes, one minute with Marco, uh, crammed together into uh, approximately five minutes total. So here we go. Let's dive in. Buckle up. Nugget one. My senior pastor was a youth pastor 20 years ago. So I hear a youth worker start a tale of frustration with this line. Only the number of years changes. I hear that about once a month at the very least. And nine out of 10 times, this is followed with a negative story that includes this line from the senior pastor. When I was a youth pastor, some of you listening to this are youth workers and some of you will one day be a senior pastor. Let's all stack hands on this. If we one day find ourselves out of direct youth ministry, but overseeing a youth worker, we will not be the one who utters this phrase, unless it's followed by things were certainly different. You might also consider adding, and you're awesome. Nugget two. Sure, we're allowed to love both being a youth pastor or director or leader of any sort and love teenagers. In fact, they're pretty linked. But I was reading a challenging fiction book by Will Self, and this line jumped out at me about a doctor in the book. He wrote, I think Steele is one of those doctors who doctors because he loves the disease, not the patient. I've met plenty of pastors who love the role, but not the people. And sometimes I meet youth workers who fit that description. Pause, pausing to reflect on your own prioritization of loves would be worth a few minutes of your time today. Nugget three, we talk a lot about the need for ministry leaders and speakers to be vulnerable and authentic these days, and I'm all for that, 100%. But some time ago, I heard a speaker that caused me to reflect on this a bit, and particularly the fact that the two, vulnerability and authenticity, are not synonymous. I was sitting in a congregation listening to a guy preaching. He was a guest speaker, but is apparently someone who speaks once or twice a year at this church, and people seem to love, love, love him. The congregation was amped. There's no question the guy was vulnerable. He shared openly about struggles and wrestling, and that approach itself can sometimes be a mess, more about the speaker experiencing catharsis at best or exhibitionism at worst, but I didn't sense this preacher was doing that, but there was something that was really deeply bugging me about the sermon, and it wasn't the content per se. The preacher occasionally slipped into a funny accent, at least he thought it was funny. He used quite a few words that he pronounced in a strange, super spiritual manner, and utilized other speaking tricks to to ultimately manipulate the listeners to an intended feeling. He told self-revealing stories with an affected performance, and I realized I found this completely inauthentic. I came to sense that to a sense that I could barely listen to him as the speaker was vulnerable but inauthentic. Authenticity trumps vulnerability in speaking in my opinion and for leadership in general. I'd rather listen to an authentic speaker or follow an authentic leader without a ton of vulnerability than the other way around any day. Both are great, but vulnerability only helps when it's a subset of authenticity. Nugget four, 
My role as a youth worker is to live honestly my own journey toward Christ-likeness with and alongside the teenagers in my midst. I can't change teenagers. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not directly in the transformation business. I'm in the transformation hosting business. Hosting is a metaphor that brings up sub-metaphors like stewarding. How do I steward the time I have with teenagers in a way that best exposes them to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit? And curation. How can I highlight and bring attention to the good stuff God is already doing in the world and in the lives of teenagers? And evangelist. Wait, did I just say evangelist? Yeah, but I don't mean it the way you might think. I mean it in the same way that Apple might have an evangelist on staff. My role as a youth worker is to be the evangelist for the teenagers in my church, not necessarily to them, but for them. I am the lead banner waver for teenagers in my congregation, or one of the banner wavers since I'm on a team, reminding people in the congregation of their responsibility to collectively engage with the teenagers in their midst. The Youth Cartel Podcast Network.